witness. This is one of those spiritual words that can be so loaded. For many, it's a scary word that brings up religious wounds of guilt and shame. Others have abandoned this idea entirely to simply practice good works. But what if we just stop, take a breath, and start over? What if being a witness has more to do with who we are than what we're supposed to do? What can we learn from the forebears of our faith, the Bible, and Jesus himself about telling his story with our words and our lives? It's time we redeem, reframe, and reclaim this word. It's time to become a witness. church. It is so great to be with you guys this morning. So great to worship with you. So great to have you joining us for this brand new series. I am very excited to kick it off today. I'll just go ahead and tell you this one. It's going to be good, guys. It's going to be important. And you picked a great day to be here because you're going to get a little extra special treat today. That's coming soon. All right. So we're going to do basically exactly what the bumper said, which is to redeem and reframe and reclaim this word witness, right? Witness. So when we hear the word witness, we might think of all sorts of different things, right? It has a lot of different uses in our culture and in our language. If we think of legal terms, right, we might think of a witness like in a court case or a witness of an accident or a crime, okay? If we're thinking in happy terms, if we're thinking of good things to witness, we might think of a witness at a wedding or a witness in signing an important document, like buying a house or something like that. But to witness, to witness basically just means to see and experience an event. And it's usually an important event, a significant event of some sort. And it can be good or bad, right? Witness. So I was thinking back to some noteworthy things that I've witnessed in my life, right? And I've signed on witness as a witness on important documents. I have witnessed things that I could really call nothing short of a miracle. Um, and I've also witnessed some terrible things. And I was thinking about which of those to share today. But then, and I'm going to give it cre credit to the Holy Spirit for this one, and to Brenna, who is the one who remembered this thing happening. Um, we were out on a family walk a few days ago, and she had a memory of this event occurring. And I was like, we have a video of that. Yes, we do. So this is something I witnessed that was very funny. And I thought it would be so great to kick off this series if we all witness it together, because there's no way to describe this event. It, it has to be witnessed, okay? Now, this is, Brenna did give full permission for this to be shown today. I would just like to give that disclaimer. And as someone who grew up being an example of many speeches of my father's, I join you, Brenna, in these feelings that you're feeling right now, but they'll make you stronger, kid. So, um, this is an event that happened in our home several years ago, several years ago. And we've never turned it into Funniest Videos, America's Funniest Videos, so you guys get to be the first crowd to see it, and that's gonna be so great. So let me set the stage for a moment, okay? We have two exceptional children in our home, and I mean that for real. They are absolutely brilliant children, both of them. But 
in order to channel their brilliance sometimes, um, they have to take some drastic measures to focus their brain, okay? So we do a lot of different sorts of drastic measures in our home to focus brains for schoolwork. So one night a few years ago, Brenna was taking some of these drastic measures, and our family got to be the witnesses. So with that prelude, I present to you <laughs> Brenna's, <laughs> yeah, we did spy on her to record this, Brenna's very own rendition of the Queen of the Night from the Magic Flute. I present to you. momentous occasion this was happening for like 30 minutes before we took the video I'd like to say yes we'll give Brenna a round of applause for sitting through that listen I will to be fair the queen of the night from the magic flu is largely considered to be the most difficult female solo of all time so you, you, you gave it your whole heart kid you gave it your whole heart so that was something that we witnessed together and now that you have seen it you have all witnessed it as well and you're changed forever right we are all changed forever because of that and it will be in your head all day so you're welcome so we've all shared this experience now if we are thinking in terms of our spirituality right in terms of our christian faith we probably think of witness as a word used to describe someone sharing the good news of jesus sharing their story of jesus right sharing their testimony with someone else. And we probably heard things said like, I was able to witness to that person, or don't do that, it'll damage your witness, or things like that, right? And we know what this means, but the reality is, in Western Christianity, this idea has been a little bit abused, right? And we might have a little bit of a yucky feeling about it, as the bumper indicated some of us might have. We might have heard about people handing out tracts to people that they're going to go to hell or people just forcing themselves on people to share their witness to others. And to be honest, there was a time in my life where talking about the word witness was a little bit uncomfortable for me. Now, I know you might be shocked and appalled to hear the pastor up here saying that talking about witnessing is uncomfortable because isn't that like my life's work? Probably that should be like as natural to me as breathing. So how could that be uncomfortable? But never fear because this idea and this word, I've been a, on a personal journey to redeem them, right? And so is Pastor Benjamin. And so that's what this series is going to be about. And we're inviting you to join us for the journey, okay? Because the call that Jesus gave us to share the good news of the gospel is one of the most important parts of our faith, right? 
And sharing that good news can't just be about teaching. can't just be about teaching about Jesus, right? When we're sharing the good news of Jesus, it has to be about something we've witnessed, something we've experienced, something we've seen or heard or tasted or touched, something that's about our own story. That's really what sharing the good news of the gospel is about. So we're going to do this element. We're going to talk about witnessing. And I can tell you that I'm incredibly excited to go on this journey together, okay? And, and to see what God is going to do in our hearts over the next few weeks as we have this conversation together. Now, we're going to get started in our learning by a new memory verse this week. So I'm going to read it, and then we'll all read it together. So the memory verse is Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. All right, I'm going to need you guys to say it with me so we can start learning it. All right, so here we go. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Very good. Now, this sounds a little bit similar to the memory verse that we used in the Jesus Mission series not too long ago, right? And there's a lot of the Jesus Mission kind of wrapped up in this verse, the go love together that we talked about. But this verse has a specific word that you probably noticed, which is witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Okay, so let's think of what the biblical word witness really means. In the Greek, this word witness is used 207 times, and sometimes the word witness is used as a noun, meaning a witness, a person, right? And sometimes the word is used as a verb, okay? So the noun is martus, meaning a witness, and the verb is martureo, meaning to bear witness, to give witness, to tell about what you saw, right? The noun is someone who sees and experiences a thing, and the verb is going to tell about the thing that you saw, okay? Now, here's something really interesting, which we're not going to dive into today, but just as of note, the word martyr comes from this word martus. Basically, a martyr originally was a witness who died because they told what they saw. All right, so pay attention here because we're already going to like start reframing this word right from the very beginning, okay? We're going to unlock some beautiful understanding about it because we have to reclaim it. We have to reclaim it because this is who we are. This is who Jesus asked us to be, is his witnesses. So my prayer is that we claim that as something true. And I can tell you in the preparation for this series, this word has really changed meaning for me. And it's gone from something maybe off-putting or nerve-wracking, right? Oh, I got a witness to somebody. It's gone from something like that to feeling like something holy and beautiful. And something, not that I have to do, but that I must do because it's who I am, okay? So here's where the redemption came for me was the noun versus the verb, okay? The verb, martyreo, is something we have to do, right? 
It's like, because I'm a Christian, I have to go and do this thing. I have to go and tell my story. That's the verb, right? But the noun, martus, is something we can be, something we are, right? And it's more because of what I experienced, this is who I am. This is who I am. I am a witness of Jesus. Now, there's a whole lot of value in the verb part, right? Absolutely. That is what we're called to do, is the verb part of this. But the, the doing flows from who we are. The doing flows from the being. The doing is the holy, beautiful expression of who we are as witnesses of Jesus. Because we have witnessed him. We have. And we're going to learn about that. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to think about it. So the Bible talks a whole lot about witnesses. Starts really from very early on in the Old Testament with all of the laws, and it repeatedly talks about witnesses and legal proceedings and things like that. One of the Ten Commandments is about not bearing false witness, right? Moses was called God's witness many times. The prophets were called witnesses of God. Isaiah prophesied that there would be a chief witness, which was Jesus, right? And then Jesus did come as the witness of God. And then the disciples were witnesses of Jesus. And then Jesus told the disciples to go be witnesses. And now we, as those who have experienced a transformation because of Jesus, are also witnesses. So this idea of witnessing, it's not a Western Christianity evangelical sort of thing. It's a long and holy tradition. It's a long and holy history of the story of God, right? I am a witness. You are a witness, okay? And the concept is, is, is the most important piece of this, okay? We who are called witnesses today stand alongside all of these witnesses who have come before us. Humans who have been transformed because of a personal encounter with Jesus. Humans who have been transformed because of a personal encounter with Jesus, with God, they're witnesses. And we stand right along in line with them, right? We are witnesses just like Moses and Elijah and Isaiah and Matthew and Peter and Paul and Lazarus and Mary. They're witnesses and so are we. Those humans were transformed because of an encounter with God, right? And we who have Christ dwelling in our hearts, we have also been transformed in the same ways and by the same God. So what does this mean? Why is it important? And what does it change what we're doing in our lives? Because that's really what we're probably all asking, right? Let's think back a minute to the story of Easter. We talked last week about the story of Jesus coming back and showing himself to the disciples. And we remembered what it must have been like for them to experience him, to see him alive again after they had seen him die, to look at the scars in his hands. Remember, Pastor Benjamin talked about that. And to witness his resurrection and to witness his wholeness, right? And because that happened, because they witnessed Jesus alive again from the dead, it transformed them. It changed them, and they went and told Martireo what they saw. Not really because Jesus told them they should, although he did tell them they should, 
But that's really not why. They went and told because they had no other choice. This was the most amazing, miraculous, world-changing thing they had ever seen. And they were bursting forth with the reality of it. They went and told because of what they had experienced, because it did something in them that they weren't content to just keep to themselves, right? So I don't know if you guys have, I know some of you guys have heard of the series called The Chosen. If you haven't seen The Chosen, I'm going to strongly recommend that you watch it because it's pretty amazing. And I've been hearing of it for a long time, but on Easter Sunday, I was like, all right, family, we are gathering together. We are sitting down. We're going to watch an episode of The Chosen because it's going to be so good. And one episode turned into three episodes because we all totally loved it. And it was so beautiful. So I recommend it to all for sure. Now, I will give a disclaimer. They do take a lot of liberties in the telling of the stories that are unwritten, right? So they take the characters of the scriptures and they tell pieces of their story that aren't necessarily in the Bible. But I will tell you that it's a very beautiful and true echo of what we do know about these, these people um, and certainly about Jesus and his time on earth. So strong recommendation, The Chosen. But I feel like God like brought this show into my memory and the perfect timing for this series because it reminded me to contemplate a little bit more about what the disciples really must have experienced. I mean, we read these stories about Jesus healing people and about them just leaving their work and following him around the land for years. But like, imagine actually being those people. Imagine actually seeing those things and doing those things. Imagine actually having Jesus himself look into your eyes and speak to you, speak words of healing and truth and life and hope. Imagine what that would do in your heart, right? And so this show helps that imagination come a little more to life, and it's very, very beautiful. So the disciples, they did that work of Martireo, telling about the things they had seen because they had had that experience with Jesus of him speaking to them and healing them and calling them. Now, I don't, I don't want to give away too much of the show because I could really say a lot about episode three is so amazing, but I won't. But I am going to tell you about one character, Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary Magdalene is somebody that we all know. She's in the scriptures a lot. She's kind of a complicated character in the scriptures that we read and what we know about her. Um, but we do know that she is very loved by Jesus and that she has a beautiful story. And when she shows up in the first episode of this show, she's very troubled, of course, right? She's very troubled. And we're not sure in the show, we're not sure if we're seeing like a demonic possession or if we're seeing a mental illness or if we're seeing just a lot of consequences of sin, it's probably some of all three. We don't know, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's troubling her. What matters is that when Mary meets Jesus, he doesn't condemn her sin, and he doesn't diagnose her mental condition, and he doesn't attack her demons. When Jesus meets Mary, he calls her by her name, and he tells her, that she's his. And he speaks words that mean everything to her. And she's healed. She's healed in that moment by his love and by his presence. And when someone questions her about it later, they question her about the experience because they don't understand 
how she's been healed. They don't get it. And she can't explain it. She can't explain how Jesus healed her. But this is what she says. She says, I was one way, and then I was completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. And when she spoke those words, I could not help the tears from running down my face because this one sentence encapsulates everybody's story. Everybody's story. I was one way, and then I was completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. That is a witness. That transformation can't be explained, can't be quantified, can't be proven. It just is. It just was. It just happened. And she experienced it. And she is a witness of Jesus and his power and his love, right? And the same is true for us, guys. The same is true for us. Our job as witnesses isn't to explain Jesus to people. It's to tell our story. So tell our story. And our story doesn't need to convince anyone of anything. The story simply points people to have an encounter with Jesus of their own, right? We don't have to prove. We don't have to explain. We don't have to convince. We just invite people to witness it for themselves. That is what Jesus asks us to do, to tell our stories right? In the book of Acts, Paul tells his, his story about his transformation, his encounter with God that changed him forever, right? On the road to Damascus. And this is what the voice of God tells Paul. And I encourage you today to allow yourself to imagine the voice of God saying this to you. Listen to these words. Rise, and stand upon your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the nations to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This is the invitation of Jesus. To rise. To stand to your feet. To know that you are a witness to the things you have seen and felt and experienced because of God. Because of Jesus. And you are sent to open the eyes of this world and to point them to the light. That is our call as witnesses. It's what it means to be a witness, and it's who you are. It's who you are. You are witnesses of Jesus, called to tell your story, not to convince anyone of anything, but to invite people into a story of their own. Now, let's just take a breath and let that reframing do its holy work for a moment. We're going to look together about what this really means 
okay? We're going to spend several weeks talking about this reframing because hopefully the reframing feels helpful to us, but we might not be ready to reclaim it just yet, and that's okay because this is a journey, okay? But over the next few weeks, we're going to think about a few questions. And the first question we're going to think of is how do we share our stories, right? If that's what we're called to do, if that's what it means to be a witness, then how do we do it? And we're going to talk about the importance of stories, right? About how storytelling transcends any other form of communication, right? When you think of the Bible, when you think of the things you remember about the Bible, it's probably not a bunch of the commandments. It's probably not a bunch of the the letters of teaching and exhortation. It's probably not a bunch of the prophecies. What we remember about the Bible is the stories, We remember Moses and Jonah and Elijah and Matthew and Peter and Lazarus and Esther and Ruth and Job, right? These are the people we remember. Each name represents a story. Each name represents a witness of God, right? And that's what we remember. Storytelling is what connects our hearts to God. It is. So how do we tell those stories? We're going to talk about that. And then... We're going to talk about how we become a part of other people's stories, okay? Because it's one thing to hear a story, but it's another thing entirely to experience it, right? To experience a story yourself. And we, as witnesses of Jesus, guys, here's the thing. Jesus dwells on this earth in us. Jesus dwells on this earth in us. So if other people are going to witness Jesus. Do you know where they're going to witness him? Through us. Through us. Think about the ways that you've experienced the love of God in your life. You've probably had some private experiences where it's just you and God in worship or in prayer or in silence and stillness, and you feel that overwhelming, beautiful love of God in that moment, just you and him. And that is very beautiful, and that is something to hold on to and witness for sure. But you have also experienced the love of God with love made flesh, right? With the hands and feet of Jesus who have shown love to you in your life. With somebody who's brought you a word of encouragement when you are at the very end of your rope, right? With somebody who has been generous and giving with you in a time where you needed that provision, where, where someone has looked in your eyes and you've seen the love of God reflected there, right? That love made flesh, that is what we're made to do. We are made to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So if people are going to witness Jesus, then we are invited to be a part of those stories because in those stories, they witness him through us. They do, okay? So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going, to learn, we're, we're going to learn about what we can learn from the witnesses of Jesus. And Pastor Benjamin is going to talk to us about a story or two that's going to help us learn a whole lot about what this means. And it's going to help us remember how to keep the main thing the main thing. And then after those three weeks, we're going to do something really special that I'm really excited about. We're going to invite you guys to share your stories. So we're going to have a week where anybody who wants to come and tell about 
their first encounter with Jesus or a encounter with Jesus that they would like to share about. And we're going to ask you to share your stories here because those stories matter. They matter to this community and they matter as we go out as witnesses. So we are going to invite you to do that. And if anybody already knows that they're interested in doing that, whether you're in person or you're virtual or you're a kid or you're a grown up, let me know um, because that's going to be a very beautiful week. This is the work of the kingdom. This is the Jesus mission, right? To share our stories, maybe, maybe more than anything else. Because as we share the love we have experienced, we invite others to experience it. And this is the work of the kingdom. This is us being about our Father's business. And I hope that you can feel the shift in the church of, of what God is doing and what God wants to do in our community, in our city, in our country, in our world, right? I hope that you can feel an energy and a pull towards this truth of who we are as witnesses, right? Remember the element. Element is a community of house churches that invites others to experience the love and restoration and redemption of Jesus. And the way we do that is by sharing our stories, right? That core value of hospitality over there, it says, may we be a generous people who share our stories. Other things too, but I think the stories are the most important, right? We have witnessed Jesus, and we have been sent to the ends of the earth to tell about it. Now, we have been laying the groundwork for this with our Bless Every Home efforts, as Pastor Benjamin talked about during announcements. And many of us are already praying for our neighbors, and um, even that small action of praying can have a massive impact, not only on them, but certainly on us. So a few nights ago, we were out on a family walk, and we met one of our neighbors that we haven't met before. And the girls were extra friendly. I'm pretty sure both of them are very gifted evangelists because they can talk to anyone about anything at any time for a very long period of time, really. They can just go on and on. And so we stayed a long time and made a friend with this woman. But as we were talking, eventually we introduced ourselves. And when she said her name, I like felt this wave of love come over me because I had been praying for her. I had been praying for her for months. I knew her name because I had been praying for her. And when she said it, it was like putting a face to that name that I've been praying for. And I like just want to go give her a hug because I like felt the love of Jesus simply because I've been praying for this name of this woman. But now we know about her kids and her grandkids and her dog and her work. We know all these things. She knows lots about us. And we're beginning a relationship with her, which is so amazing. I had another experience a couple weeks ago with a gentleman that was very similar. It was just me and the dog. The dog is also good for making friends. Um, but I got to chat with him and we got to share, we got to um, join each other about our dad's health journeys. And it was the same thing when he said his name. I, was, I knew him. I knew him because I had been praying for him all these months. And this is, I'm not saying that I'm, not, I'm witnessing to these people necessarily. I have not shared with them my personal experience with Jesus just yet. But as I share more of my story with them, and as they share more of their story with me, I'm confident that there will become a time when that conversation will be a beautiful next conversation for us to have together. And in the meantime, they're already witnessing Jesus in me because Jesus is in me, right? 
And it's the same thing for you, wherever you go, in your school, in your neighborhood, in your work, as people encounter you, as you share stories together, that is the work of witnessing. That is the work of witnessing. So, sometimes we make it complicated, make it feel like we have to do it right and get the right words, explain the right things and say it the right way so that people will have this experience with God. But Jesus, Jesus did not make it complicated. Jesus made it pretty simple. This is what he told his disciples in Matthew 10. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far-off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Now those are, those are big words. Those are heavy charges, right? But it starts pretty simple. The lost confused people right here in the neighborhood. And our stories matter. Our stories are a witness of Jesus. So I encourage you this week to think about your story. Benjamin, you can come on up. I encourage you this week to think about your first experience with Jesus and to think about what you would say, what you would say if somebody asked you about him in your life. And I encourage you to engage these next few weeks of teaching because I think we're going to get we're going to get both practical teaching and inspiration. So whichever our hearts need to really align with this and move forward with this, I believe God is going to give us. I um have a song that I have been it's kind of been my lifeline song for this last year. And I listen to it a lot <laughs> in a season where my life is a, a little bit crazy, a lot of change going on, and in a season where the world is a little bit crazy with a lot of change going on, uh, this song has been my story. So we're going to sing it today, and I invite you to listen and engage with this song, and maybe it's your story too. And if it is, I encourage you to sing or to own it for yourself in your own heart. Or maybe it's not exactly your story, but it reminds you of what is your story. Or maybe a song isn't the way that you want to tell your story at all, and you want to do it in another way, and that's great too. But this song is the way that I want to tell my story today.